Welcome back to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. This is Jess. I am Mikey. And we're back with... I, whoop. I'm, I was just going to say, like, I... Couldn't even get through my spiel, huh? Well, I just want to make sure everyone knows that I consciously made an effort to not start this podcast the way every Twin Peaks podcast starts with somebody going, Hello! Oh, and yeah. I, want, I wanted credit for that, but then I just did it, so... Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't feel too good about that. We can start over. No. No, no, no. Okay. This is it. It's weird the delete key stopped working on my... It's really unfortunate. Uh, So we're back with uh, Twin Peaks Season 3, Episode 3. Part 3. They're called parts. Season 3, Part 3, Twin Peaks. Uh, We meet a a couple big characters. Mm -hmm. We revisit a couple beloved characters. Mm -hmm. There was one scene that started and Mikey went, Yes! quietly to himself I did? Uh-huh. <laughs> you I sure did it was when they uh cut to the office with um with uh, i was gonna say mark Fry- with david lynch and uh, miguel yeah, ferrer yeah. you just went yes it was very cute well, it's just such a great like you see that little tower that philadelphia um capital the tower that the, Phil- mm-hmm. the statue on top and mm-hmm. you know it's philadelphia and you're kind of like at that point <gasps> like you get like you're like oh fbi headquarters is in philadelphia we're getting we're getting the FBI, and then you get Miguel Ferrer and David Lynch, which is um, I just learned right here. now that the FBI headquarters are in Philadelphia. I know they always talked about how he's stationed in Philadelphia, but I didn't realize FBI headquarters were there. Yeah. I assume they're in DC, but they're not. Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So this starts weird. This episode. Oh, wait, hold on. Before we dive in, anything interesting happened to you this week? Anything interesting happened in the country or the world or anything going on that you want to... Why, why, do we, why, <laughs> why would you do that? Because we have to acknowledge the space and like, in which we by are the recording. T- like, it's going to be Thursday by this... Like It's Saturday now. It's uh-huh. going to be Thursday by the time this drops. Insanity is going to happen between yeah, now and then. So that whatever is we true. say, I is do want a timestamp. Outdated by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, January ninth, twenty twenty one. And I'd also like this to be a potential podcast that can be listened to later. You don't? I don't want to. Sure. Lock it in time. Sure. 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 We'll last forever. Um, okay, so this episode starts weird. I think this I said that already. This episode amazing. Uh, Agent Cooper descends through a void and drops into a nondescript area with a purple hue. How do you feel yeah. about that description? It's what happened. <laughs> like, he's falling through that, like, the thing that we said that was, like, star-like, but it doesn't seem like stars. Like, it's weird, but he's in that space. Um, just falling, like, mm-hmm. which is where we left him last time mm-hmm. um so who knows how long he's been falling but then just lands uh-huh doesn't hurt anything so uh-uh. like gravity isn't yeah gravity really is like this so he's clearly in some weird space mm-hmm. you know where gravity gravity isn't a concern because mm-hmm. he didn't like shatter his legs <laughs> right 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 um he looks upon a body of water and then goes through a set of windows to a room where an eyeless woman sits in front of a fireplace. Yeah. This eyeless woman is going to come back. So kind of 
yeah but plant a pin so in her she yeah don't do her don't plant a pin nato um nato 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 um, like N-A-I-D-O. north america oh i thought it was like north um, american trade or like, all of like this feels like like some of these sequences like this this whole sequence is like everyone's kind of glowing like mm-hmm. old-timey hollywood mm-hmm. like but it's really like a weird focus. shadowy glow it's but but normally but it's also all the the weird coloring and then sometimes it's like within the same shot it flickers to the background is just shadowy jet black you can't mm-hmm. see anything and then like it'll flicker and then oh like you can see the hallway back there or whatever like it just keeps bouncing right like the whole sequence feels like they were making this or like writing I, I picture Mark Frost and David Lynch like writing the script for this um, and like Mark Frost being like oh uh, the pizza delivery is here I'm gonna go get the door and David Lynch just like like takes over wrote all this stuff and just like okay what so did what happened while I was no nothing we're fine just some stuff we'd already been talking about so I just wanted to get it down move on to the next scene like nailed it it's just like I'm taking over classic Frost Lynch work here yeah it's just but like I remember the first time I watched this I watched it streaming we watched this on disc and and like genuinely questioning like do I have a bad stream right now mm-hmm. like is it flickering because the stream is inconsistent and it's like buffering right it was it's super bizarre but mm-hmm. like things are janky like so it's not smooth right there's a lot of like forward back or pauses or just flickers and all the in, strobing kind of yeah, effects yeah. and the, all the footsteps are still making that red room footstep noise where it's like the backward sound of sure. footsteps even though they're all moving forward sure or at least he's moving forward like it's it's all bizarre mm-hmm. yeah it's deeply strange and like purposefully so it doesn't feel like like yeah i'm sure there's symbolism and metaphors and stuff like that but it also just feels like all right this is your black room and yeah. you know but you're feeling the same confusion that mm-hmm. Cooper is. Right. This, nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I am now. This is all new to him. Right. He seemed like, while he seems lost in the Red Room, he seems familiar with the Red Room. Yeah, it you know kind what I mean? of... Like, he understand when when someone approaches him with a conversation, like, oh, this, he I understand, mm-hmm. or whatever. In this sequence, he, everything, and he's just starts following around a blind woman. Yeah, I mean it's like, it's aimlessly. extraordinarily dreamlike, right? Oh, of yeah, like absolutely. just wandering through and nothing's really familiar yeah. and like outside of your immediate area there's just a void because your brain mm-hmm. hasn't pulled that in the yet. The one the one thing we do get that connects this to something is that the floor in the lava. room <laughs> the floor is lava. Oh my god. Um the floor under NATO's feet you see is the same carpeting that we see in the very first shot of the first episode where it starts on the floor. This is, I mentioned this last time with the wavy kind of black and white colors reminding me of Leland's hair. Mm-hmm. Comes up from that. So seemingly this is in a similar space. Sure. As, uh, but but also, you know, the so you got the red room, it's got the black and white chevron intersecting. Mm-hmm. You've got this floor is like a wavier intersecting of a light and a dark color. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's in black and white-ish. Right. But is it in black and white or is like the lighting so low that you just can't yeah, make out colors? Like, it's hard to say. When he's outside, it's purple. But when he's inside, like it's not black and white because he's got. But it's desaturated in a very oh, dramatic time. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And her dress is obviously red-ish right. or dark red. Right. Um, but yeah, um, color is min- minimal. All the walls and all the floors are, you know, gray tones. Right. Um, so Cooper asks the eyeless woman where they are, but she does not speak and instead makes breathy noises, which haunt my nightmares. <laughs> They're awful noises. Um, They're similar choppy sounds to the record player mm-hmm. in, from the, the giant sequence or the mm-hmm. earlier, too. They're like, yeah. Uh, As a loud pounding occurs, she signals Cooper to be quiet. He spots a mechanism in the wall and examines it, but the woman keeps him away from it and instead leads leads him up a ladder. They reach... At this point, have we seen the 15? So the the mechanism on the wall looks like a giant electrical outlet Uh without the, like, cover plate on it. So it's like you see all, like, the the wires and whatever. Uh And this one says the number 15 really big on it yeah um and it's in like uh, what's the word uh like when you have your address up on your house it had mm. it's like each individual like little yeah. fake steel numbers because i think when they when that number changes i think the form changes too but it i could be looks, wrong yeah this looks like it's ingrained into the machine and so not ingrained but like it's part of it, and then the three when it when it goes back into the room, it becomes a three. Mm-hmm. The three looks like it's on a plate, like yeah. like it was like the fifteen was covered up by yeah. a three, right? And of course, three fifteen was his room number at the Great Northern. Of course, what that means, what the significance, nothing, something, your arms, maybe your arms are so wide to indicate the vast, the vast lack of understanding yes. we have of what's going on. But yeah, so she. She leads him away from that machine mm-hmm. or that device, whatever it is, mm-hmm. takes him to another room, which right. goes through a sideways door, but exits upward. And then they go to a ladder and uh-huh. they exit upward on some floating box. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. So th- the way they put it here, they reach the roof that floats in a void. So this is, we, we talked kind of in passing last week about special effects and are they like quote unquote good or bad um a lot of these effects are janky as fuck like very reminiscent of like 1970s like kind of campy sci-fi kind of thing is what it Mm -hmm. made me think of Mm -hmm. like at one point i don't remember what we were you compared to the mary poppins movie and i said it looks like they just drew on the film yes Yeah. yeah yeah okay so that that's a little bit later um the woman pulls the lever on a mechanism on the roof and relieves, receives an electric shock, causing her to fall into the void. Cooper looks down and sees... Go ahead. Uh, so, well, no. I, <laughs> you just I, said I, go I really, ahead and then I thought you were talk. finishing a sentence and then I realized I'm you're not. probably about to, to yeah. mention the Blue Rose part. And before that, to me, I think, like, here's what I realized in this viewing it feels like she's trying to get him to do that also. Put your hands on this, pull oh. the lever, you get electrocuted, and then jump backwards and you'll 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 ride that electricity uh-huh. to where I'm going. Uh-huh. Follow me. Gotcha. And Cooper doesn't get that. It's the same reason like he's attracted to that giant electric socket thing on the wall. Uh-huh. And she comes in to say no. 
don't go that way. That's not the right way. Go this way. Mm -hmm. And she tries to get him and he doesn't get that. Sure. And it feels to me like he was supposed to have fallen down into that void or whatever where she went. When you say supposed Ugh, no, I'm not even going to dig into that. Like, so what do we think is happening here? It's Cooper trying to transition back into the our world. Is that what is going Cooper's on? Cooper's trying to quote unquote go out now. Okay, so this is him trying to get from the red room to ostensibly Earth. Yeah, writ large. That's that's what I make of it, okay. and I think the way to do that is what NATO does. Cooper doesn't see that, and he takes the electrical socket route okay and which is why he ends up in the Dougie place uh-huh. which is where Mr. C Doppelkoop wanted him to go I think this the whole electrical thing is mm-hmm. a misdirect by Mr. C for his plan to work of replacing him with gotcha with the the, the manufactured Dougie so are you saying to be clear are you saying if he did the same thing as the blind woman did he everything would have been fine but because I he did not everything. do that you know where we pick up NATO again I think where I rem- do we see her next are you asking do you me remember in the woods so this the the correct way out of oh. where he is is by pulling that lever, uh-huh. a lot like the slot machine, mm-hmm. but pulling that lever and then falling into that nothingness, and then he will end up back where he's supposed to have ended up mm-hmm. to exit properly, I guess. Okay. And instead, he ends up with this, and I think, and he ends up in this weird exchange with the Duck. wrong exchange. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to exchange with Bad Cooper, Mr. Bad, C. Yeah, Mr. C. And instead he falls for the trap mm. and gets exchanged okay. with, with Doppel, or with um, the Dougie, Dougie gold yeah. jacket yeah. guy, person, version of Kyle <laughs> slash Cooper. Uh, Duh. <laughs> so Cooper looks down and sees Major Garland Briggs' head floating and saying Blue Rose. So it's... The way they put it, it's not, it's like a bad graphic. His head looks really stretched out. Mm. And then he, is he saying Blue Rose backwards? I don't think so. I think it's, it's Blue I think it's just slow Very down. slow? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we hear him say Blue Rose. So uh, Cooper. But I think a lot of that is just to distort his voice. So that, because Don Davis is not alive. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't get him. So they oh, used I old footage of him. Okay, that's what I figured. And changed what he said. I'm sure he said Blue but, Rose at some point. But in if the... you, no, because we don't get introduced to the whole Blue Rose idea until Fire Walk With Me. Oh, I'm getting Blue Rose mixed up with... Um, 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 uh, it doesn't matter. The the UFO thing that they... Oh, uh, Project Blue Book? Project Blue Book. Thank he you. Probably, it, they probably oh. took it from him saying Blue Book or something like that. Gotcha. Um... But the footage is not, it's they. It's a changed, it's somebody else's voice doing that. Gotcha. So they could get him to say what they needed to. Uh, so Cooper climbs back down the ladder. He sees another woman sitting in front of the fireplace. He approaches her, and as her watch struck 2.53, the mechanism on the wall begins humming. 
so, and the and the light turns on on the table as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that light, that's when you see there's also a blue rose sitting on that table. Yes. And that's like the only bit of like that color pops. Mm-hmm. That blue pops. Yeah, it definitely looks like enhanced blue. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to Mr. C. And well, and that, so so and that woman is credited as American woman. Oh, is that, oh, is that who American woman was? Okay. Which is also the song that Mr. C, that that slowed down yes. version is, the song is called American Woman. Uh-huh. But more interestingly, the actress who plays American Woman is Phoebe Augustine, who played Ronette Pulaski in the original series. Right. Is this a doppelganger of Ronette Pulaski somehow? Is this, is she connected to Ronette or, you know? Yeah. All of that is up in the air. Sure. Um, so we cut to Mr. Yeah, but then you see that, yeah. But this is also when you see, they're jumping all over the place. Um, but that's when you see what we talked about with like, what looked to be like a plate covering the 15 with now a three Mm -hmm. on that wall. So we cut to Cooper's doppelganger, uh, Mr. C. He's driving and all of a sudden he starts to like be ill. Looks like he's experiencing discomfort. Um, we see the cigarette lighter in his Mm -hmm. car, um, that... doesn't have a lighter in it, so you see the, the empty socket. Mm-hmm. So the way it says here, it begins to exert electrical force. Um, Agent Cooper approaches the mechanism in the wall, and the woman tells him, when you get there, you will already be there. Beautiful line. Great. I, I, I love that line. So good. And she says it backwards also, mm-hmm. and he seems confused by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doppelganger continues to be uncomfortable as Agent Cooper is taken inside the, me- inside the mechanism, which leaves his shoes behind. So Mr. C is like kind of retching a little bit and starting to... Is, yeah. He's kind of starting He's to- in the car and he's... You, the, the POV shots are overlapping, mm-hmm. a, I guess, a couple of frames behind, so it's all kind of blurred vision. Mm-hmm. And he's swerving a little bit while he's driving. Um, so Mr. C loses control of his car, um, which he wrecks on the side of the road. Which is a great practical effect. There's, in the... Yeah, this wrecks on the side of the road feels really minimizing yeah. what happened. There's it, like, went off a, a fucking great, cliff. like, uh, behind the scenes of them doing this stunt, because it's a real stunt driver, really mm-hmm. flipped a car. Um, fucking crazy. So they, they have a, a great behind the scenes of this whole sequence happening. It's probably on YouTube somewhere, but it's part of the, um disc you know extras or whatever but great really well done like it goes up it flips it Mm. tumbles down the hill it's an an incredible stunt um mr c is gagging he's holding his hands tightly over his mouth um as he watches the cigarette lighter and red drapes faintly appear in front of his car and so that's the end of that now we are introduced to our Las Vegas. This is our first scene in Las Vegas besides that one where he's at a desk, right? The Pat, Yeah, the Patrick Fischler, who we still don't have any incarnation sure, as to who that guy is. Uh, so we... I'm trying to think. This was... came out in 2017, so it's probably... You said it's filmed in 2014? I think so. Something like that. Okay. So 
So they're in... 15, 14, 15, probably. The greater Las Vegas area in like a... Um, like a... What's it called? Uh, like a prefab neighborhood, right? Like Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they're putting in a subdivision kind of. And like half the houses are for sale. Um, Mikey was talking about like we... Th- yeah, you get the impression that this version of... They call him Dougie. Uh-huh. His, his Like Jade refers to him as Dougie. Is a realtor. Mm-hmm. Because he has access to all these homes. Right. You can see that most of these homes are up for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he puts on this, he's got like this gold jacket, which looks like an Fucking old like. master's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> but like it looks like those yeah. old like realtor jackets. Uh, but he's not. Yeah. So he, go figure. Yeah. But the name of the um, subdivision is called Rancho Rosa. And then it's. Their symbol is like the symbol is like two two R's overlapping with a circle, which is diner. a direct reference, yeah. obviously, to Double R Diner, which is great. Yeah. Uh, so we're introduced to Doug- Dougie Jones for the first time. He is another Cobb McLaughlin character. Uh, mm-hmm. He is wearing an aggressive wig. Yep, and a and a fat, fat suit. suit. Yep. Um, although they, I don't think they did anything with his face, so he just looks like regular fit Cobb McLaughlin with like a little his a pregnancy look a little belly. But it's, it's, I mean, he's, he's fat the way, in this, fat the way I am. It's yeah. all, I just have a belly. Yeah. Like. Um, so they're inside this empty house. Uh, so Dougie Jones is with Jade, who's a, a woman probably in her thirties. She's sitting with him. She's completely naked. He's completely clothed. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you feel about the first black woman we get in all of Twin Peaks is a sex worker. Not great, Michael. I don't feel great about it. Um, I don't feel good or great. I don't... Not to say that there it should be a stigma with sex work. No, 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 no. Absolutely it's... not. I, I think, actually, the character of Jade is interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. I and just... She, she does an amazing job... Playing against... Want, playing against nothing. Yeah. You know? No, I, I really like this actor, and I really like her character, but yeah, it's 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 suboptimal, for sure. Um, so they're sitting together. Uh, apparently, they probably just had sex because he gives her cash at some point. Um, and she notes that there's something wrong with his arm. Um, and on that arm, I think it's his left, left arm. arm. Yeah. He's wearing the owl cave ring yeah. on one of his fingers. And he's saying, oh, it's I can't feel it. It's numb. But does not seem perturbed by the fact that he yeah. can't seem to use his which, arm. Which leads me to believe that that's part of why he's just kind of dumb. You know what I mean? Okay. Which which makes... Oh, I don't like this wine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> when you get the... It makes when you get the other Cooper, when they kind of swap, uh-huh. his, uh, excuse me, his obliviousness a little more believable because this guy right. also was not all there. Is this... Well, let's let's meet who Dougie anyway, is going to be. They, they talk about that if you read Secret History of Twin Peaks. They go a lot of that book is about the journey of the Owl Cave Ring through mm-hmm. time and Project Blue Book, um, and the whole book is basically a a dossier collection of case files and newspaper clippings and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Where in the margin it's narrated by TP, 
is okay. is who the FBI agent is. Um, if you listen to it on audiobook, it's awesome. You get tons of characters in there playing, and it's a really fun listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we learned at the end of that book that that TP is Tamara Preston. I was going to say Tammy. Who is, yeah. who is Tammy, who we meet in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Owl Cave Ring and the whole like arm going numb is is Explained. highlighted a lot in that book. <laughs> I don't want to say explained. Because, yeah, yeah, that's generous. <laughs> yeah, Twin Peaks has never explained anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like it even goes to the point where like Nixon had the ring and Trump gets the ring. Oh, and, like, weird. It get it's interesting. Yeah. Um. So Jade, it goes to take a shower. <clears throat> With no curtain. No curtain. Which, I mean, I guess there which wouldn't makes be sense. One. There That's wouldn't be one. Exactly I guess what I was thinking. Like, there's there's yeah. no uh, furniture in this place, yeah. so there'd be no shower curtain. So that, she, that makes sense. And so they just show several scenes of her just yeah. showering and naked. Should, but just make it a make it one that at least has like one of those glass doors. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just gratuitous. gratuitous. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to actually think. I didn't pay attention at the time, but. Did she? Wa- this is dumb. Did she wash her hair in that shower? So. Okay, that's. A- I mean, she doesn't really seem to wash anything. She just kind of rinses, rinses off. off okay, because that's the thing I've noticed. There's no soap, presumably. So oh, she yeah. just kind of rinses, rinses off, off before she puts her clothes on. That's just a thing I, I've read a lot about in, um, like, when white filmmakers or white writers write for black characters of like black women wash especially if they're wearing like extensions or anything they wash their hair very infrequently and oh, never yeah. like soak it so there was we were watching oh the outsider the outsider oh yeah yeah um at one point and she has locks like long locks yeah, yeah, and at yeah. one point she like lays in a tub and just like oh, is yeah. laying fully drenched i'm like i don't think that's how I mean, that works it's fine because it's not her real hair it's a bad wig right right exactly <laughs> but it's just one of those yeah, little no, things yeah, yeah. that you notice mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of can't unsee of yeah yeah. Anyway, um, beep bap, boop. So Dougie gets out of bed, um, and he kind of falls a little bit, and then we keep cutting back and forth to Mister C and him of like they're both being being sick and yeah, something is and going like on weak and, uh-huh. and like yeah. Um, Dougie crawls into the house's living room where an electrical socket exerts electrical force. And there's a great, what I love about this is there's the light coming through the window is coming through vertical blinds. Uh-huh. And so there's where he falls is on a light, dark, light, dark, light, dark, light, dark line. Interesting. Which is like the floor, as we've mentioned, this is another instance of mm-hmm. like, like where he goes is exactly to the right spot. Right. And maybe 253 is relevant because that's when the sun is at the right point to make that <gasps> shape. Do you think? Why not? It seems like that's, you know, the right time of day to have a if low sun. That, I mean, if it's in the winter. You know. Yeah. But it's got to be when the stars align and mm-hmm. the time presents itself. That's what they say in episode two. Um, Part two. <laughs> Ducky vomits and is transported to the red room. Um I- he doesn't just vomit. It's it's disgusting. It looks stuff. like straight up like the contents of like a pot pie just fell oh. out onto the floor. Ooh, and it was like a mess. And it's and it's like yeah, a shitload of like uh, creamed corn, the black motor oil 
It's mixed with a little bit of blood. It's disgusting. And it just falls out into like a big clump while he just like heaves on his hands and knees like a cat, like cat coughing up a, a hairball or whatever. It's utterly disgusting. And at the same time, you see like the the faint drapes in, in front of him. Yeah, I'm glad you just read that because I was not looking because I literally had my hands over my eyes like a child, like a toddler. Yeah, it's, I didn't like it. It's gross. Um. So he, after he expels whatever, he is transported to the Red Room. We'll get back to him. The doppelganger then vomits up Garvin Bozia, which I don't think I noticed that it was specifically Garvin Bozia. I mean, it's same same substance. It's the creamed corn mixed with black motor oil and like blood <laughs> so and gross. bile and just whatever. But it's there's definitely a lot of creamed corn in there. Yeah. So we're back to the red room. Um, Dougie is sitting on kind of the same chair where we always see sort of our guest to the red room. There's like an orange. yeah, but this one's all by itself. Isn't Cooper's usually by Cooper's itself? is by itself, but he has a little end table with that Saturn lamp. This oh, one's, this one's just a chair in an empty room. Interesting. There's no statue. There's no mm-hmm. you know two chairs side by side. Right. This so it's a a different place within the red room. Mm-hmm. Um. So Mike is there. He tells Dougie that... Uh, so Mike is the one-armed man. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells Dougie that he was manufactured by someone for a purpose that has now been fulfilled. Which is, I would say, low-key cryptic. <laughs> like, can you imagine if, like, you see somebody and they're like, like, your purpose has been filled. Be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so creepy. Um, but it also, like, for from the audience perspective... That's the explanation of what Mr. C's plan was this whole time. When he was like, because he says that earlier of of when when Cooper comes out, you have to go back in. And he says, I have a plan for that. Uh His plan was that he created, he manufactured this photocopy of Ducky so that when good Cooper comes out, instead of it pulling him, pulling Mr. C back in mm-hmm. going to pull in this other guy instead and then ha I'm out the other guy got out but I'm also out okay and he was hoping to have caught Agent Cooper by now he okay. was hoping I think Mr. C's big plan for all of this was catch Cooper in the box yes glass box and then when it tried to pull Mr. C back in to Red Room Black Lodge whatever it is mm-hmm it's instead going to pull in this photocopy, essentially, that he made uh-huh. of the Cooper identity. Okay. Dougie. So, uh, so we're going to learn more about Dougie as it goes on. Not really. I mean, a little bit. I guess, kind of. I mean, we learned that he mm-hmm. has a wife The and life a kid. he was living, yeah, for sure. So, he has been in this world for a while. Okay. Since nineteen ninety. Two or whatever, do you think? Maybe I would say some somewhere in between. Old enough to have a child because we'll meet him, and we're sure Sunny Jim is his biological child and not just. I guess not, but okay. I didn't that, know that assumption was ever is made. Out, clarified. Um, but I, you know what I mean. Like I think it takes you know if it's nineteen ninety two, I think it takes eight, ten, twelve years or so. For this Cooper to get this power, to accumulate this wealth, to 
fall into what he's what he is, what he's become to turn into this person. You know what I mean? No, I honestly have no idea. I so so we Dougie... know Mr. C is a rich billionaire mm-hmm. by this theory. Rich billionaire who can open this box thing in New York and all this stuff. To accumulate that wealth, he's got to be committing crimes for money. Oh, all Mr. C is accumulating yes. those things. I thought even Dougie was accumulating no, 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 no. those things. And so maybe it takes him 10 years or whatever to do that. And then he knows he's become comfortable in this world. He knows the ins and outs. He uh-huh. knows what's going to happen at a certain time. Uh-huh. Then he creates him. I would guess that this Dougie has been out in the world for 10, 15 years. Okay. So, I mean, that tracks with if he was created in the early 90s mm-hmm. and he's wandering around I guess somehow got a college degree or whatever and then like has a job. Insurance sales is like yeah. one of your biggest don't really like yeah he falls into it like yeah. he just you know. Which we don't know any of this about Dougie yet so we're. Yeah, if yeah exactly let's yeah. we can dive into that more. But essentially, that was Mr. C's plan, and that's what I was trying to illustrate, as far as I see it. Okay. So as as Dougie learns that his purpose has been fulfilled, his hand starts shrinking, his whole body starts shrinking, while his suit remains the same size, Mm -hmm. in a very talking headsian effect. (laughs) (laughs) You may ask yourself, why such a big suit? Is that a Simpsons bit? No, it was a SNL oh. sketch. But but his hand starts getting small and then the ring slides off his finger. Right. And in possibly one of the greatest line deliveries in the history of television. That's weird. <laughs> like I it's so, his whole performance in this one little bit of his interaction with like being confused but also like huh like is just so like like, maybe there's a memory of this place because this is where oh, he was manufactured. Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem... Th- like, things are weird, but he's also... Like, it's... No, it, I'm going to say the same thing I always say. It's like dream AI. logic. But it's, it's like... It also feels like AI, like... It, like... Adapts to whatever is going it on. It learns, and it's not really... It's questioning, but it's also not like, whoa, 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 what sure. the fuck is it? Like, he looks and sees the thing and says, that's weird. Uh-huh. Not, all of this is insane. What the fuck is sure. happening? It's to me it's yeah. it's again dream logic of like when you're in a dream and somebody's like, Oh hey, here's my friend, he's half horse, half moose, and you're like, Cool, moose horse. So nice to yeah. meet you. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been it's been a hot minute, Moose yeah. Horse. Um that's what it reminds me more of. Of like mm, yeah. you're might be surprised, but you're not like you're like, Yeah, 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 okay. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we're here now. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um Ring falls off his finger. Uh, his head pops into the form of a black cloud. A clean gold orb floats out of his shirt, and the black cloud forms into a head-shaped object that Mike shields his eyes from. The object, yeah, it looks a lot like the. It's it's we. It looks a lot like a lot of David Lynch's art. His mm-hmm. like multi like his like three D paintings and sure. stuff where he puts stuff. It looks a lot like a lot of those things, but it also. The shell of it kind of, it looks like a, almost an egg or something, or like a cocoon. Oh, sure. And then that kind of crumbles away and you get this other thing underneath, but it, it looks a little bit like the head of the evolution of the arm, too. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, the clean gold orb 
is I don't know why they use those. That clean gold orb feels. Well, like I think very... it's just because in counter to like the gross, disgusting sure. Sure. head that's that pops out. There's this gross. It's like the like a pearl in an oyster. The mm-hmm. oyster part is all gross, and then you pull out this nice clean mm-hmm. pearl. Um. Suddenly, a the clean gold orb appears appears and seems to attack the head shaped object. The clean gold mm. orb is left in the chair, which Mike put picks up along with the ring which he places back on its pedestal i didn't pick up the attack but who knows agent cooper is transferred through the electrical socket near where dougie vomited and materializes which is i would say the most regular sentence i've ever read and i feel comfortable Mm -hmm. being recorded saying it (laughs) we can yeah i mean that's just what happened now like he he like you see his head it like starts getting like Pulled it. He almost gets pulled kind of the way the 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 woodsman guy from the jail cell, where it's kind of like pulled mm, and stretched mm-hmm. and like yanked in. And Does then, it mean like sucked through a straw? Yeah. It, he like it's like it, it's like if you were to suck um like a gas through a straw or like mm-hmm. smoke through a straw. Like it like it looks like an opposite of like blowing out smoke. It's. Like, um, God, we don't need to spend so much time on this, but like when you see astronauts drink water in zero gravity, like that just sort of like, like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he pops out of, he goes into what looks like two electrical mm -hmm. lines and comes out where the old Dougie just was. But now, so our old Dougie had this like shaggy blonde hair, kind of, he had that big gold. It was a wig. I know, mind blown. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a wig. Yeah, the gold coat on. He was dressed like I feel. I don't know that they showed him, but in my heart, he was wearing pleated khakis. <laughs> they were. I don't remember. I don't know if they were pleated, but they were like. I think they were black. They were a dark colored pant. I just but, like I think I'm just thinking of like color Trump's like golf uniform. Sure. Like that's what I was thinking of with the gold. Yeah. Like that sort I mean, of generic is Yeah, that generic looks, like middle aged white guy sure. uniform. Um so in his place is Cooper, who we know he looks like Cooper, who he's we've seen. Trim. He's trim, he's wearing that sharp black, black suit, yeah. he's got the haircut, the right color that he looks like the Cooper yeah. we've been seeing. So he and the lapel pin is gone. And the lapel pin is gone. So he looks like Dougie in so. Jade is just so fucking chill with this Dougie guy because if I left a room and came back and you had changed and your hair was different, I'd be the like, thing is, "Mikey, what the fuck the, is happening?" The thing is, it's because her relationship with his, him is entirely artificial. Oh sure, she doesn't actually transitional. She yeah. needs this guy long enough to get out of where they are. Yeah, and then. Fine, whatever happens, I'm going right. to move on to the next. I don't care. And it's, I kind of am curious about the Jade Dougie relationship because at, I think in my in my like head canon, she is his regular escort. A regular, at least, yeah, I would agree with that. His regular, a regular escort for Dougie, so she knows how to like play the game and she knows she knows ex- she's like anybody who like anybody who's worked at in, like a restaurant and you have a regular come in and you're like oh ha, ha, yeah. it's you jones and you don't like them but you're doing the bit um it's very similar to that it's very tra- like i said trans- yeah, she's playing along with all of it yeah because that's how she makes her money yeah 
Um, so she recognizes him as Dougie, but he's not responsive. Um, and he's in sort of a trance-like state and has no memory. Um, do you want to talk about the white guy theory here? Or do you want to wait until we get to insurance land? Uh, let's let's go. Maybe, yeah, maybe on the next one. Um... Can I just plant the seed here then? Yeah. So my, the theory Mikey and I have. I mean, that's which... really the extent of the theory. I mean, yeah. It, not... it, essentially, it is just the fact that white men can be absolutely, utterly incompetent and literally cannot speak or yeah. form sentences, but I, they still fail upward. My, yeah, that was my idea, is that the whole Dougie I, Jones carrot... And, okay, so here's what happens, too. Dougie Jones was the gold jacket, Kyle McLaughlin with the shaggy hair. Mm. He gets brought back and eliminated in the Black Lodge or the Red Wait, Room, Red whatever Red. it is. Yeah. This other Agent Cooper comes out and takes the... Shell? Yeah, takes the place in existence. The visage. Of of Dougie Jones. Mm -hmm. So as we get into the next few episodes or whatever, he gets referred to as Dougie Jones. Yes. So it's, we kind of stop, even though we we know somewhere back there behind the eyes is Agent Cooper, Mm -hmm. he's Dougie Jones in this world. So he kind of gets referred to as that. So we're going to start calling him as such. He's Dougie Jones. But this Dougie Jones character continues to have no fucking idea what's going on. Repeats the last word that he hears usually. And continues to just succeed 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 mm-hmm. like and part of it is like drops his fucking uh, keychain in the car and like oh the guys who are trying to kill him mm-hmm. don't see him anymore it's so my whole idea am i so there's not much more to it than than this idea is that i feel like the dougie jones character is just a metaphor for old white men failing upwards i want to say on the record that I think I came up with this theory. <laughs> but Mikey seems very sure. I, and he has seen it more times. Yeah. So I just want the record to be straight that I think it was my idea. Mikey it's thinks it's definitely it was, a Greif theory. It's we'll a Greif that. family theorem. Which oh. one's plural? Theorem. Theories. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> but also this started and I kind of wish I had started, but I, I would drive myself crazy is I wanted to do a ducky count uh, of yeah. any time specifically not just when his name is said which it listen y'all Jade says it so Dougie Dougie what's it's, your it's mostly Doug- exasperated women saying yeah. Dougie is like and honestly it gets under my skin it really like I find it extremely irritating I I think because and it I think is it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to too and I think if our our theory is correct. Yeah. It tracks of like, it's just women wheeling around men who yeah. are successful by the virtue of them having a penis or whatever. Yeah. And it's just constantly like treating them like children. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what maybe the name Dougie is so like infantilizing. Mm-hmm. But just that idea, Dougie, yeah, Dougie. Yeah, it's a child's name. It makes me genuinely... Yeah. I don't think I enjoyed the first time I watched this season when we watched it together because all I could hear yeah. was women so screaming yeah, Dougie. It made that me bonkers. You, you just want... We loved the Agent Cooper character. I we want Cooper. him back. I Cooper. I love the Dougie character. I really, really do. 
it, I did like it was frustrating when the first time I watched this, but as I've watched it since, I love the Dougie character. Okay, I'm going in with an open mind and an open heart. Like I think that's the key is you just have to be patient with it and know where it's gonna go. Yeah. And I think I think it's it's not only it's it's the, the, it's it's also so Lynch in particular loves to leave interpretation up to the interpreters the, yeah the the audience yeah. of whatever medium he's delivering his art mm-hmm. Dougie the Dougie Jones character is a blank slate for you to put whatever <laughs> yeah. you want whatever you need whatever yeah. your like lenses that you're going in with if like this is about fucking feminism or racism or bigotry or yeah. like you know like we failing upwards mm-hmm. or whatever your lens is that you're going in with this, you can put it on Dougie Jones and it'll fit. <laughs> it's it's like a universe. Like Dougie Jones is like a universal adapter for interpretation. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think also the timing of when this came out was weird because ostensibly they, you know, you said they probably filmed it 2013, 2014, 2015. 14, 15. Like 14, it was 15. supposed to come out in 2016. Okay, so... And it got delayed. No, it came out in 2016. It was supposed to come out in 2015. No, no, no. It came out in 2017 because I was working at the bank. It might have been playing. I thought... No, no, no. Our party was 2017. Because sure? we had the party okay. here. We moved here August of 2016. Yeah, okay. I just... Yeah, okay. So, and, and all that's to say is just... You know when jokes stop being funny because they get too real sure yeah that is i think the visceral reaction i had of like oh this like goobery guy failing upwards and all the women around him are propping him up which is a Mm -hmm. a trope we've seen Mm -hmm. forever for some reason the only example that comes into my brain is inspector gadget but whatever and so i think maybe spring of 2017 trump had just been inaugurated in I think my brain was just like, actually, this isn't funny or fun anymore for me. Yeah, no, that's, and that's, ex- but that's exactly what I was saying. Like, that's the lens that you oh, put I'm on it. projecting so yeah. hard. But you can call me Hector, because I'm a, a projector. He's, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Hector the projector. I'm projecting my shit onto him. What does that have to do with Hector? Who the hell is Hector? Hector and projector rhyme. So? Hector the projector. No. No. That was bad. <laughs> I'm normally the funny one, and I really oh, yeah? don't like when you don't think uh, I'm funny because, uh, honestly, if you don't think I'm funny, I don't know why you like me. <laughs> sorry, Hector. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, that was essentially, I guess, that's the extent of my theory. I don't know if you've added nuances to it, but my whole theory was just that he is a symbol for... Whitman failing upward. Yes. Well, which, I, I which, agree like, with that because I came up with that. With, like, you know, Trump being, you know, like... He was running in 2015. Right. But, like, all, like, these prominent political figures... Right. Just continue, like, how the how the fuck do these people have jobs? Right. Much less, like... Right. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. But, yeah, so that's, you know, you're, he's constantly going to fail at things. Mm-hmm. And the best possible outcome comes from it. Of course. And granted, he is being guided 
seem presumably by lodge entities or whatever. Uh, sure. Sure, um, sure, sure. But also, like, I just feel like the women around him act oh, as, yeah. like, a bumper. Like, and when it's you're bowling. Women. It's almost always women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I guess when you get into the Mitchum brothers and stuff, but... I mean, I guess I'm mostly thinking of... But it's, yeah, it's Janie E. who we will meet soon, and it's Jade initially. Um, And even at the the casino, it's Sabrina Sutherland's manager character. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but anyway. So Dougie, who is now essentially a toddler... Mm-hmm. Um, is being guided out of the house by Jade. They have to get out of this house because it's whomever yeah, is selling it. They yeah. somehow accessed it. Um, and she asks if he has his keys and he kind of stares at her. So, like, he basically does not respond. Sometimes he repeats the things after, like, repeats what people say. But she's like, do you have your keys? Like a fucking teacher. Yeah. Do you have your keys? And he stares at her and she checks all of his pockets for him. Can't find your keys. Okay, I'll give you a ride. standing outside with no shoes on. No shoes on. I forgot about that. Dougie. Dougie, did you forget something? Your shoes? Dougie! Could you quit fucking around? Put on your shoes. Here. Put on your damn shoes. So then she... That's my favorite moment of it. Because there's like also a silliness to all of it. it. Very silly. Which is, you know, a very Lynch-like silliness. Uh-huh. Um, but he stands outside with no shoes on. And she's, Dougie, where are your shoes? Ugh, and goes back inside to get his shoes. And he just follows her. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was very back, good. And then she comes back out and she's like, where the fuck? now yeah it's, it's a great little exchange he's very much like a puppy right yeah, um, exactly i would say less of a toddler more of a puppy yeah so she agrees to give him a ride somewhere mm-hmm. like she just needs to she want her priorities are get out of this house yeah beginning alpha and omega that's it she's like i need mm-hmm. to be gone from this place sure you can come so dougie's car is still in the driveway of this empty house is there and she drives him in a yellow hummer Yellow Jeep. It's a little, yeah, Jeep Wrangler. Um, drives him to a random casino. What was it called? The, the Silver one Mustang. Of the, one of the poorer special effects. Yeah, the, the title. So, but before, like, he start. they pull it, like, where's your keys? I don't know. Fine. I'll give you a ride somewhere. So she takes him, whatever. But as she's pulling out, there's a great tilt shot of front, like, the camera's in the driveway. Tilts as she drives away and then picks up this other car that drives in and it's like, on a walkie-talkie, yeah, eyeballing the house. Hey, car just left. He may have been in there. Couldn't tell, but his car's still in the driveway. Mm-hmm. To so another people- guy who's got a giant fucking rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so Dougie clearly was- Dougie has some enemies. Right. He wasn't just dancing through life. He clearly sure. made enemies along the way. Um, but he drops his keys, and so he like reaches down in the wheel well to wheel well. No, what's it called? Rear foot go feet go footwell i guess uh to get it and at that moment someone's like no there's nobody else in the car because they can't see him he also uh, has a moment of sees the sycamore street sign mm. and that seems to trigger something you get a reaction to that which last thing he saw before he went into the red room was sure. 12 sycamore, sycamore trees. trees um so he's there's you know cooper's in there somewhere there's memory connection mm-hmm. they're just not firing right um, 
So one of the men uh, who's identified here is Gene. He places a tracker on Dougie's car as a boy watches through his house's window across the street. We go into that house and his ostensibly drugged out mom. Uh, we don't really know anything about these people, but she seems right. to be strung out. She seems to be I his parental figure. I think the actual character name is drugged out mother. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. le- legitimately. All right. Yeah. Um, and she is repeatedly yelling 119. Um, and she takes a pill with her whiskey. Yeah. It's eerie. It's and he's uns- eating saltines out of a box that looks like it's been ripped open by a hyena or something. <laughs> like, it's... 119! 119! The only thing we've talked about is that it's 911 backwards. Other sure. than that, does that mean anything to you? Not really, except for that Twin Peaks fans have adopted it as a way to 9th. celebrate, you know, Twin Peaks on it's the January May the Fourth thing and and November 9th. January, wait, what'd you say? January nineteenth. Oh, January nineteenth. November nineteenth gotcha. or November ninth. Yeah. Um. But yeah, again, there that doesn't really have any significance that we It's just upsetting logical. and creepy. It, it seems though that like it's a, like 911 is a call for help. Uh-huh. The theme of this episode is call for help. Mhm. 911 is how you call for help. Lodge entities speak backwards. 119 is the backwards version of that. That's mm-hmm. seems like it's just that's all it is. Yeah. And we I want would... her to show her crazed, drugged outness, mm-hmm. have her yelling something. Mm-hmm. What do we have her yell? I don't know. 119. Right. Like, it, that's all I get from it. I don't read into it much more than that, but there's probably some deep rabbit hole theories out there. Right. Um. So the next scene is the crash site where Mr. C crashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two highway patrolmen. Um, they approach the car. One of them, his name's Billy. He looks yeah, they in- refer to him as Billy, which is the first time I've made that connection because later there's a Billy referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, but he becomes very ill after sticking his head yeah, in the car. Yeah, you can almost smell it. it. Like the way they shoot this and the way they react to it and everything and the, what you saw coming out of his mouth, like you can almost smell it's, it's very how visceral. bad it is. Yeah, it's... And it's, and it's one thing I know about cops is like they run into like gross dead bodies a lot and so to see a cop be that like unsettled and sickened by something body to get to the point of that much like yeah that that takes several days to get to and we don't have it seems like a like seemingly they they pulled in with their lights on they were going for this yeah seemingly someone drove past and said like hey i saw someone Look like they crashed on the side of the road. Right. You might want to check it out. So highway patrol comes in. Right. They were going for that purpose. Right. So it's not like, oh, they found an abandoned car a week sure. later. Sure. <clears throat> so we go back to Twin Peaks. Uh, we're in the sheriff's department. We have Huck. A beautiful establishing shot. So Light coming through the trees. Gorgeous. And then it tilts down to the sheriff's oh. station sign. Oh, so good. They, uh, yeah. It, God, it the would. The cinematography of this. I is would love to have shot like b-roll for this like mm, I bet. so many great shots of just like fog rolling through trees yeah just like we need a shot of the sheriff's station sign so we can set the location let's go there at dawn and, and they just do a bunch stunning. of takes of of these cool like uh just 
just get creative with the lighting mm-hmm. and uh, like all of it is it truly is stunning. It's, it's yeah it had second unit uh camera on this had to be <laughs> just having a field day good job second unit camera for for sure no no, no they, I, i'm not i'm kind of being sarcastic yeah. but also like yeah i don't know um <clears throat> so we have a hawk andy and lucy <laughs> Uh, they're sorting through the files to see what is missing that relates to Hawk's heritage. Which is the message Log Lady gave. Right. Hawk. So we've kind of... Okay, so at this point we've established that Lucy and Andy are still together because Andy calls her by a pet name. Punky? Punky. Um, and so it's definitely a case of the more things change, the more things stay the same. And, it's these two goobers earlier, with Hawk being... Little eagle-eyed, her nameplate on her desk says Lucy Brennan. Lucy Brennan. So we know they're, at least at one point, we're married. Or we presume. Guess, yeah, they're seemingly still married. Um, but we have Hawk, who is the adult in the room, And they mentioned earlier, usual. too, of when they said, like, when Wally was born. Right. Like, so they're, they're pretty clearly together. I'm... I... It, it's... Not even half-baked, but there has to be a running theme in this show of women and people of color holding hands of white people who just keep fucking up. (laughs) Just because, like, this whole scene is Hawk genuinely, like, trying to figure some shit out, and Lucy and Andy just like, um, I don't know, what about this? What do you think? Like, they're like, it's like working with Muppets. (laughs) I mean, it is, but at the same time, like... He genuinely takes the thought, like he does. Is it about the bunnies? So wait, like, well, let's let's get there. Yeah, before. like I don't think it's in t- like like it starts out with just they haven't learned to be better police. Like Correct. Andy specific. Like you told us to find what's missing. We laid everything out. It's all here. <laughs> like not helpful, Andy. So like, good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, Lucy realizes that she had eaten a chocolate bunny from evidence years before because she had a gas bubble that she does not, which I think is adorable that two married people do not want to talk about gas because all we do is talk about farts. (laughs) Like it's 90% of our relationship is our farts or our dog's farts. I think this is a delightful callback Mm -hmm. to the original series of like a dumb throwaway line of they finish this intense scene and this... I think it was after the interrogation of Bobby. I think or so, James. Yeah. But I think it was after, and then he like, oh, and he's go, or he's going through the the diary, and he finds the. I bet you, if you examine that, it'll be cocaine. And then he looks in there. Okay, and then I'm gonna put the diary down. Yeah. And Diane, I'm holding in my hand a small box of chocolate bunnies. It's just a great segue into the next scene. Mm-hmm. A throwaway line that it would be like, hey, that's that's a fun thing to yeah, go back no, to. Yeah, no, it's super fun. 30 years later they still have the chocolate bunnies in a, in a box in evidence like that's great mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's wonderful and then and then and then at some point probably while she was pregnant yeah I just got the impression that she was pregnant which is why she had gas I mean I guess probably. you could have gas but anytime we, but we certainly do sure but I love the idea that like 
she just went in there and ate it at some point. Like, <laughs> like, like she didn't even go to the corner store and get a Snickers sure, bar. Sure, she just like I, I, I think that's just a very great. I didn't think anyone was using it. Yeah, like, like I just love it. I think it's and we don't know the context of the chocolate bunnies ever. Right. Yeah, they don't play. They, they at just all. at some point appeared somewhere, which is probably why she thought she could. Like they dismissed them as being not relevant right. to anything, but. They took them as evidence, so... And Hawks, um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Horse, Michael Horse? Mm-hmm. Michael Horse's performance here is... I wonder if he has kids, because he definitely has, like, patient dad voice down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so he is very patiently saying, like, okay, this is probably all right. And then she's, like... them for so long. But the it's such a truly... Like... But he's always been. There. Remember when Lucy's sister came in and she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. "Oh, you must hate us white people." And he just sits there and lets her finish. Some of my best some friends of my, are white some people. Some of my best friends are white people. Like it's the way. Like he's just always there. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Keeping like keeping the trains moving on time. That's Hawk's mm-hmm. whole deal. Um, but it's a really lovely, and I, I would say like kind of typifies the adorableness that Twin Peaks has sometimes of like wasn't the chocolate bunnies with the chocolate bunnies and he's like it's not the chocolate unless it is the chocolate chocolate bunnies and like because they're like do chocolate bunnies connect to your Native American hair (laughs) what did she say she says something like you're American Indian or like there's something well he's like it I okay here's what we know and he's you know reiterating for the audience yeah here's what we know Something having to do with Dale Cooper is missing, and the only way I'm gonna fi- I have to find it, and it has something to do with my heritage. You're an Indian. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yes, Lucy, I am. <laughs> like, it's it's great, yeah. but we like the gas bubble, like that delivery, and then. I heard that it can be used as a remedy. Is that maybe? Maybe? And I'm like, oh, like I just cracked the case. Like, Firing on she, all cylinders. Is up here and, he, like, and he's just entertaining it. You know, I we uh, should drop that in because I love that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. You need to think out loud. Something is missing and I need to find it. And the way I'm going to find it has something to do with my heritage. You're an Indian. Yes, Lucy. And apparently, that's the way I'm going to find what's missing. <gasps> what, what is it? <gasps> Are you okay, Pookie? I know what's missing. What's missing? That's missing. That's missing. Do chocolate bunnies have anything to do with your heritage? No, it's not about the bunny. You ate the evidence, Lucy? I know. And I never did it again. And I only ate one, and I never did it again. But I had a problem at that time with, and I don't like to say this in front of Andy, but I had a bubble of gas. And I had read that 
sometimes chocolate, which I love, can be used as a remedy? Maybe by indigenous people? Is that true, Hawk? Do you use chocolate as a remedy for gas? Do you want another bunny, Punky? I can get you more bunnies. It's not about the bunny. Is it about the bunny? And I will say, like, going back to, like, when we met Michael Horse, I think that's just sort of his whole jam. Yeah. He's just a kind, patient man. <laughs> For sure. I mean, with our, our I told interaction him, with him. I told him my story, which was, honestly, probably the moment that I really and truly fell in love with Twin Peaks was the raid on One-Eyed Jacks where they rescue Audrey. Mm-hmm. I was a child, so I, you know, understood minimal parts of Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, but what I understood was Audrey's at One Eye Jacks. Mm-hmm. They need to go rescue her. Mm-hmm. Cooper's got her passed out body over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Large man with a gun is put. Oh no! And then is boom, this the end? Throws the the knife in his back, and then. Good thing you guys can't keep a secret. He, like, when you're 12 down. years old, dope. That is an awesome moment. I mean, it's a great moment, regardless. Yeah. But and it's it's a little cheap. It's you know, of course. But but it's so poppery. Yeah, as a 12 year old, this is the height of cinema. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and I loved it. And that was really and truly the moment where I was like, I need to watch this show. Like this show is awesome. And here we are 35 and years later. So I told him that story and he was like, that's cool, man. Like he was just, just so the same thing. It was he like, has heard I, uh, that's, boys say that story to him for probably, 25 years. And, and like, I, and that's not a criticism on him or on you, but like. Like he's genuinely grateful and humble about the fact that like something I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm had a lasting impression on somebody I've never met that yeah. I I I oh, love that. Yeah. that that's wonderful. Yeah, he seen, he was yeah. he was unfailingly kind. Such a such mm-hmm. a doll. Um <laughs> It's such a good scene. Sorry, I'm trying it's to catch great. up, but it's, it's just great. a good scene. And I love it that like don't forget this is still Twin Peaks. We're still anchored in these characters that we know and mm-hmm. love. We haven't got They do a, give you a taste of it. Right. We while. haven't gotten our real Cooper back yet. We haven't gotten Bobby or Shelly yeah. or Truman or any of those people back yet. These are our anchor. Right. These three people, we've gotten Log Lady, but these three people in the Log Lady are mm-hmm. the one thing keeping us interested in the fact that this is still a Twin Peaks story. Yeah. Because otherwise everything they're setting up it's isn't new. Twin Peaks really. It's brand new stuff. I mean, it is. It's, but even geographically, we've... Dale Cooper is now in fucking Las Vegas. Right. <laughs> this is not where right. this is not where Dale K. Cooper lives. He right. does not live in Las Vegas. And granted, yeah. It's he yeah. lives in the sycamore trees. Um. Anyway, is it about the bunnies? Actually, let me read the sentence. I give TwinPeaksFandom.com a lot of crap, but I genuinely really like this this sentence. Andy asks if chocolate bunnies have anything to do with Hawk's heritage, and it's eventually settled that the missing bunny is not what they're looking for. <laughs> That was a very charming sentence. Uh, and then we have one cutaway also, scene. It's, it, the, the scene starts with the donut disturb sign, yeah. which is a great. I, it's a very like, kooky. we're transitioning to a comic relief right yeah. now. <laughs> and it's great. 
Uh, Lawrence Jacoby, it's just a cutaway scene. He's spray painting his shovels gold. He has this very elaborate rig. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's so good. It reminds me, I feel like Rube Goldberg machines had a real peak in the 90s. (laughs) And we're not as into them anymore, but that's what it reminded me of. It was probably closer to the early 2000s because it was with the launch of that first OK Go video. I'm so sorry. I rarely just say you're wrong, but you're so deeply wrong. Really? Oh, yeah. Rube I mean, Goldberg I, machines. I mean, I don't think... Th- they I, had a re, re I'm talking like... My, maybe, but I'm talking like my childhood. That was always like Rube Goldberg machines in... I, I, didn't oh, they have it was Goonies? The late, the late 80s. Like 80s, 90s. With the Goonies and Pee-wee's Big Adventure yeah. and Back to the Future. Yeah. There was a huge thing in That's the That's what 80s, I was talking and about. And then they kind of had a rebirth with sure. the OK Go video. Yeah, and like and Mythbusters like, did some yeah. stuff with that. And and I guess the internet is sure. is really easy to promote shit like sure. that. The one I always think of, which... But I, I would say, honestly, it was like the 90s was kind of the dead zone. It was like oh, okay. late 80s. I may... Maybe I experienced it in the 90s. Sure. The one I can think of is Casper when like... Mm-hmm. It's like the dad getting ready, and it's Christina Ricci in this like electronic chair, and then there's just razors, choo, 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 as if that's how her dad shaved every morning. You know what? Huh? Never seen Casper. Really? Yeah, never seen it. I don't think. I mean, I might. Have Here's the thing that young, happens with age, because I was just about to say I just saw it. I didn't just see it. I saw it when I was living in Australia 12 years ago. Yeah. That's my just, because I was an adult when I saw it. It held yeah, up 12 years ago. Maybe. I've never just never Can seen we watch it. that tonight? <laughs> you do this every time we record. Well, every reference of every movie is, can we watch that tonight? Well, and I want to, and then you yeah. don't let me. You're like, Maybe. no, Jessica, you can't. I hate you. We still have to watch Stalker, the three-hour Tarkovsky movie. <laughs> oh boy which one do you want to watch do you want to watch Casper or do you want to watch Stalker I will say Casper makes me ugly cry at the end oh okay so anyway boy oh boy this is what happens we hit the one hour mark and we're like the first hour is dense we get through shit in the first hour and then the second hour hits and we're like do you have any anecdotes from your childhood that you were share it must be. Mostly is me. Okay, we have two paragraphs left. Lawrence Jacoby spray paints his, his shovels for gold. For so long. For so fucking long. And you also, s- he's still wearing the 3D glasses under, under his... giant, like, his, like welding mask. Yeah, yeah, respirator. Yeah, yeah. I was like, saying he's a welding mask. But he's spray painting this thing, and you you, you basically just watch... It's real five time. Five shovels in basically real time. It's... It's uh, wonderful. It's so good. Um, all right, so Jay drops Cooper off at the Silver Mustang Casino, and she gives him five bucks and tells him to call for help, which I think is funny because it... You're not my problem anymore. I, I, honestly, besides all that, the idea of giving... Because she said, once you find... And she's so disinterested in him, because mm-hmm. she's like, once you find your phone and your money and your wallet and your shoes, then we'll deal with this shit. Like, sure. call me then. Yeah. Um, but she gives him five bucks and says, like, go call for help, which this... It's not like giving somebody 50 cents in 1985 and, like, go get a payphone. Like, he can just walk into the casino and say, like, I'm having a, like, I need help. They won't charge him money to, like, call his wife or whatever. You know. But, like. And even so, $5 feels, it's it feels it's, too much to use a payphone and too just little. It's probably the smallest bill she had. Because he clearly mm-hmm. gives her, like, hundreds. Yeah. But I, I just think $5 is too much to use a payphone, but too little to, like, bribe somebody into using something. It's, like, 
the most it's, useless. It's probably, yeah, it's probably just the smallest bill. Yeah. Look at it. It's gross. It's kind of like crumpled. Oh, yeah. And like, it's not a good clean bill. Mm-hmm. Just take this and get the fuck away from it. It won't even work in like machines. Yeah, She's use, like, I can't even get a pop this. however this. you want. I don't care. But yeah, so she gives him the $5. Get the fuck out of my life. drops the line. You can go out and... Drops the line what? You can go out now. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which... Credit to Nefessa Williams is the actress's name. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you can go out now. You can go out now. Dougie, go. That's not a... Natural that, line? Right. That is not a line that you say. Granted, they needed to connect it to you can go out now where yeah. it makes sense in the Red Room that the way of saying that makes sense. She said the way she delivers it, I don't even know exactly the cadence. Maybe we can drop it in. But she delivers that line, you can go out now, mm-hmm. in a way that actually feels natural yeah. in the real world, which is hard because no one would say, like, uh, you can realistically, go out now. like, you can get out of my car now. You can go in now. You can you go can- out now is the thing I would say to the dog. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can... Go, is Dougie that, Jones a dog? Honestly. Is he Doggy Jones? I think Doggy Jones might be a Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> the biggest dick bags of dogs. Is it about the puppy? Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, she delivers that line wonderfully. Yeah. It, yeah and it I honestly think... doesn't sound out of yeah. the ordinary... Then we get the cutaway. Which is hard to actually do. see the Laura Palmer thing, so they're connecting it for you. But we, like, I feel like as a television and movie viewer, we have seen people deliver unnatural lines mm. that need to be said just so. Absolutely. And it's always like, that's not how humans talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and she manages to deliver that line in yeah. a way that doesn't. I genuinely seem like this actress. That, yeah, I like her a whole lot. Um. So anyway, she just not so zip 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 zip. So she okay. So tells him you're in the car. Zip zip zip. Okay. So he goes in the casino. He's struggling. Um, he's yeah, wandering the around. Automated he, it, door. Which that's that first security guard who's outside keeps like looking back like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then it's like, sir, you have one Meh. job. But like. <laughs> I, is, I have like, to mention I, security in Las Vegas is amazing. That's what I feel like is like they get these old geriatrics and whatever. Or drunk people. Yeah, who just like, I, who cares? Yeah. This isn't. They this don't isn't, look dangerous. Yeah. This isn't worth. And again. The paperwork. That white guy. Yeah, yeah. He's not a problem. He's not a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's white people failing upward again. Mm, yep, yep, yep. You know. Um. So he says, he goes to a security guard who's inside now. So mm-hmm. he makes it inside the building. Holds up. He's just holding out this $5 bill. Well, exactly the way she did. Yes. She gave it to him. Yes. So he's into mimicking. He's into repeating. Like The first thing he says after he's entered this real world is, Jade, give two rides. Because she was like, oh, I guess Jade's going to have to give two rides now. Yeah. Like, Ugh. she says something like that. And so, I didn't like that at all. a little bit later, while they're in the car, he just says, Jade, give two rides. Um. So, yeah, he's just sort of like a weird yeah. parrot that he just mimics what he hears. Uh, like a minor bird. 
So anyway, the he says cough. That's our Waldo. <laughs> so he says he needs call for help, and the security guard is like, burp. In like, the back, Jack. <laughs> but like, stupid. if you're security, and someone walks up to you in any state of being, and says, I need- call for help, your first reaction <laughs> shouldn't be point out where the where the pay phones are. It genuinely it's, it's what kind of help do you need? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, anything. Yeah. It it makes me think of we watched um the most recent iteration of Black Christmas um this summer mm-hmm. and there's a scene where she the main character who's being stalked and her friends are being murdered. She goes to the cops. She's like I'm being stalked and my friends are being murdered. And basically the cop does like a jerk off signal and tells her to leave. It was the like, yeah, campus security. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it, that, it's like the same thing that you, and it, like, I feel like cops are under such a microscope right now, rightly so. But it's just one of those things of like, well, and, and granted are, and security like is not this. cops. Yeah, this is not these the same like thing as a cop. worse than real cops. And I, real under, cops are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like genuinely like, people who are supposed to be in charge of our security and women are like, hey, I feel unsafe. Or this, like, guy who clearly is not all there Mm -hmm. says he feels unsafe. And they're like, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Like, back, Jack. Sir, that's your only reason for being. But then there's a little bit of a comedy moment when he starts to go where the guy pointed him and goes, hey, you need to get changed first, buddy. Like, which doubles down on how bad and how... Yeah. Like, I, I, it's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, he gets change, and then he goes out into this casino floor. Is there anything you want to talk about the woman who goes in the strange? I, she has a good delivery. There's a good exchange. But it's where, just more people letting him but it get away like, with nothing. But it feels, there's a delivery in her, especially a little bit, the security guard of, I recognize something's wrong. It's not my business. But if, yeah, but if you go away from me, it's no longer my problem. And so it's, it's, it's so much of what's happening in the world right now Mm -hmm. of people being like, oh, fuck, that sucks. Yeah. But it doesn't really affect me. It's the not it version of governance of like, oh, not me. Not it. Yeah. Not it. And it, and it feels, cause she like looks at him in this way, like, you're clearly not okay, uh-huh. but I did my job. It's yeah, not yeah. my responsibility. My I'm off the hook for right. liability reasons. Right. If anything happens, all he did, oh, he asked me for change. I gave him change. Yeah, you know. Uh, so he goes out to the casino floor, um, and he happens to be standing next to a guy who wins a jackpot. And as soon as the um, you're not in the mic, I'm not. Not really. Like, well, your, your filter dropped way down here, and so you were far from it. Uh, so he gets his change he goes on the casino floor um, and he happens to stand next to a guy who gets a jackpot and as yeah, like he rubs his quarter before he puts it in um, and as the money starts piling out the guy goes hello which is funny too because those machines don't exist anywhere, anywhere. No, absolutely not. You'd get a cool even ticket. In like, even like old Vegas, they don't have no. quarter dropping machines. No, you anymore. get those yeah. tickets out of them, um, which is a good point, but not as cinematic, I would say. Um, so he says hello as he gets his thing, and then he uh, he so Cooper starts playing slot machines, but he keeps seeing an image of the red room. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like a, a little cheese bit of the, ball image. It's like a little bit of the floor, a little uh, bit of the drapes, and like flames kind of. It yeah. looks like the whole thing is in the shape of a flame. Uh-huh. And then like yeah. the red room is superimposed on top so of So he flame. sees it floating over different machines. machines. Yeah. So he goes to them, keeps winning. One of, one of them, the one he points out to that woman, is mm-hmm. called Giant Jackpot, which interesting thing. Oh, the giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it probably doesn't mean anything, but. So he keeps winning jackpots. Somebody walks up to him and says, you've won, what, 20 grand? At After the first two, it was 28 and something, and then he won a couple more. Okay. Um, all right. So now to Philadelphia. FBI headquarters. Yeah, but so yeah, so I don't. Maybe I'm missing a little bit of it. But so he wins the first two. Then there's the woman. He has that exchange with the the old woman mm-hmm. who looks like a casino regular. She's wearing like sweatpants and shit. And he points to a machine, and she's like, "Fuck you." Mm-hmm. And then after he leaves his machine, and all the quarters are still there, uh-huh. she like looks up at the camera like, "Fuck you! I want to go." take that he just left it uh-huh. but i can't because you're watching me mm-hmm. and then realizes he hits a couple more mm-hmm. and then she goes back to the machine he pointed at yeah because she's realizing like i don't know who this he knows guy something. is but he knows some fucking things yeah so we're at fbi headquarters um we've got some assorted personnel we have gordon cole Yay. we have um albert rosenfield we have tamara preston uh, this is our first time meeting Tammy. Mm-hmm. Tammy, it, what's the actor's name? Krista Bell. Krista Bell, who was also at the um, the at first. Fest. The only time I really met Krista Bell is we almost ran into each other going in and oh, out really? of the bathroom. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was where we had met. So at part of Twin Peaks, it takes place at like a local junior high or high school. They the year we went, it was at a junior high. A junior Normally, high. Normally, that's at the high school they used. Oh, I didn't realize that. that. There was, I think, that one was getting torn down or re- something, okay. and they couldn't. But so we were at a, a junior high nearby, right? And so, like, you can imagine what your junior high bathrooms oh, yeah. looked like, and that's what they looked the, like. The like zigzag walls instead of oh, doors, and like the tiniest, tiniest tiles. Yeah, that and, looked like, terrible. Paint that's like seventy-five layers mm-hmm. thick. But yeah, she was... Because instead of cleaning walls, they just paint over Just paint over them. Listen, I rented apartments in Chicago. I've seen layers of paint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, she and I almost ran into each other. And she is very tall and very pretty. And perfectly nice, but just like alarmingly tall. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's probably also wearing like six inch heels. Yeah, probably. I'm five three, so I'm pretty tall anyway. <laughs> so, it, but she's yeah, she's a musician primarily. Mm, she's like David Lynch's muse. She sings this like she's kind of. She has a wild voice that I love. She's like Julie Cruz part two. Yes, Julie Cruz was the the singer in all the stuff in yeah. in the first series. Um, sings you know the Nightingale and all that mm. stuff. She's that's but that same like soft, slow, just beautiful voice that like it's very ethereal and dreamy. Yes. And so like it's David Lynch is very much into that and I think probably was like, Oh, I wanna find a way to make to use her in this and he's like, I don't I've got all these other music sequences. Like I just shouldn't fit in there. You wanna learn how to act? I'm putting you in this because I, he just wanted her. Yeah, there. he clearly thinks a lot of her. Yeah. I am not super crazy about her performance. 
I thought whoever and, did the Tammy Preston readings in the book was uh-huh. significantly better. She she's just very flat. She's she, just not. An actor. She grows on me. She grows on me. She's not. I. She has these. That's the thing. That's what's tough about it is that it feels like she was given a lot of direction to tone things down. I mean, which might be that tracks, but so I, I do. I think she's an incredible actress. No. Mm -hmm. Do I think she's a bad actress? No. Okay. I I think there's something there. I think she's just, she seemed nervous. She was not comfortable. Sure. And and I, that that shows a little. I get some strong like Leo Jensen vibes. A of, like bit, this a is bit. not where you are. But upon you're... repeat viewings, that that doesn't stand out to me as really. Much. I mean, the thing is, like we saw her sing, incredibly talented. Oh, we yeah. met her she in person. Sang the Sycamore um, Tree. The Sycamore Tree song. song. Oh, so good. Very good. So haunting. Good. Haunting. Yeah, Gorgeous voice. And she's a beautiful human being. She's absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is the other thing that's sort of off-putting is it's like all of these like middle-aged plus white guys and then one well, and 20 she, something like she walks in she's like, like slinky elegant like she's very slinky she's she walks gorgeous like a, like a, she just doesn't fit she does not look like an like an right. FBI agent she's, she's not Jillian Anderson X-Files exactly <laughs> you know what I mean? exactly yeah. um but, like, she's charismatic in person. Like, it's none of the... I don't think anything was her fault. I just right. don't think she's the right person for that role. But, but I think that's what he... You know, I think she was meant to... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't, like... You know, I don't want to shit on anybody's performance or whatever. I just... Mm-hmm. It, it just, like, she in every way she stands, stands out. out. She stands out for. We didn't plan that. We both said stands out at the same time. We're soulmates. For for whatever reason, that might be. She doesn't gel with the cast. But that might, you know. But she's also not supposed to. Yeah. You know, she's the new person Mm -hmm. in this. You know, Albert and and Gordon have been working forever. They're on this shorthand. They speak in code. But also, she doesn't get any of that. Don't you? I also think she was set up to fail. Because when we see Albert and um, uh, Cole, generally our third person there is Cooper. Mm -hmm. And so when we have those two characters and a new person, Mm -hmm. she, no matter what, she does not have the same energy or whatever as Kyle McLaughlin. And and they do that when they're like, Cooper's on the phone. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And they stand up and she's like, what? Who the fuck is Cooper? She's like the new guy. Right. Which, anyway. Um, so they discuss a murder case with several objects that may identify the killer. And so they just kind of... Which is just quirky. Uh, it's a very fun, quirky thing. It, it's something... It's I'll, like I'll, pictures of women in bikinis and then like a child in like a sailor costume yeah. and then like a fucking giant Uzi. Yeah. And, and then, then like... A jar of like rocks or, or lentils seeds or lentils or, or something. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. In like a, a wrench or something. Yeah, it was yeah. like a, a pliers, it, I think it was. Like yeah. Um, so he uh being Cole, I guess, um assigns all of the personnel except for Preston to begin work on the case. Yeah. Preston then presents to them the death This is yeah, this is when we learn that she was she's working the New York glass box murder. Right. Um 
so she kind of walks through who these people are, the fact that we've been filming, they've been filming this box, sometimes shadows flicker. Mm -hmm. And then what I thought was interesting that I didn't know if I was supposed to know before is that she said, you know, we saw five, I think, cameras focused on that box. Something like that. Five and seven. I think more, yeah. Um, And she says, at the point of the murder, so when when we saw these two people getting, like, chip-chopped up, there was one camera caught something in that box. So even though all... Oh, did she say only one? Mm -hmm. I I missed that. Yeah, because I noticed that, because I thought that... that, I had never noticed that before, that Hmm. not all... So that explains why there are multiple cameras, or yeah, it might. Do do do. Okay, Cole is then informed he has a call related to Cooper, um, and they schedule a meeting in the Black Hills at nine a.m. the next morning. So the Black Hills are where the um, South Dakota. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yes, South Dakota. But I'm trying to think. That was where the body was found. Is this where all the the guy got? Uh, Fuck, I cannot think of any words. Um, I mean, Buckhorn is is the town where Bill Hastings and... And Buckhorn is Black and Hills, and that's where... The body Shaggy with got... Ruth Davenport's head. Okay, yes. Okay, so that's where that is. So that's where they're going. So they're... Well, but that's Buckhorn. This is Black Hills. I don't... That's, oh, I assumed that was... I assume it's in the same area? In the Black Hills? The Black Hills is South Dakota. Right, but I it they don't say specifically Buckhorn. Okay. Um, um, but Buckhorn is the city or and or town or whatever mm-hmm. that, that happens in. Yeah, the Black but, Hills is like a region. Yeah, so we go, but we're in, what I love, we're in Gordon Cole's office. Mm-hmm. Probably the- I think our food is here. Gordon Cole's office, and there's a giant picture of the nuclear bomb mushroom cloud on huh. one wall, and on the other side is- a giant headshot of fucking Kafka. <laughs> I didn't know that's who that was. Yeah, no. That's Franz <laughs> Kafka. Famous for the metamorphosis. Uh-huh. I don't get it, Michael. Can you explain it to me more? Honestly, those are, that's going to play dramatically yeah. in a later episode. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to the roadhouse and the cactus blossoms perform Mississippi. Beautiful song. If you listen to those lyrics, they're all about like, the um the riverside we found found you at the riverside mm-hmm. in the water like it's very like Laura Palmer mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. found found at the the banks of the whatever yeah but again it ends with young people dancing at the roadhouse mm-hmm. it's what's I mean and and yeah. I think at this point, they establish, okay, we're going to end a lot of our episodes yeah, it's watching not every bands. episode, but it's quite yeah. a few. Um, yeah, and same kind of ethereal new, uh, sound that, yeah, it's, that he the, obviously it's likes. It's all harmony. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's it. So we're still, I would say, in the sort of building up phase. Really and of, truly, yeah. They, we're laying this track This was work. released as part one and two together, part two and three together. Mm-hmm. The first four episodes is your kickoff. Part one and two and part three and four. Right. And we just You said two three. and three. It doesn't matter. Did I? Mm-hmm. Oh. Part one and two, part three and four together. Those four episodes are really and truly like episode one. Mm-hmm. 
You know, like that. That's it's our act one. That's it's, your pilot. Yeah, your your pilot is four episodes right. long. Exactly. Like, it's just great that you get to a place where David Lynch can make a story that he wants to tell, and you're like, you get your pilot episode. Can I make the pilot four hours? Okay. Yes. Done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Ah. Wonderful. It's it's great. But I think this is a great episode. You get a lot of very Lynch stuff in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You get the kooky Lynch stuff later. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. This is a wonderful episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, so that's that. Uh, we will talk to you next week with part four. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people, hosted by Michael Greif and me, Jessica Blumke Greif. Our podcast logo is by Forker Creative. You can follow them at Forker Creative. Our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>